The Orioles haven't made that big move yet this offseason, but they certainly continue to make moves on the edges as they made another one on Wednesday, acquiring left-handed pitcher Darwinson Hernandez in a trade with the Boston Red Sox. We'll break down Hernandez's career so far, how he could fit in with the O's bullpen and what they have to do to cut down on his walks. Plus, we'll talk a little about the O's promotional schedule and the bad couple of months for Lewin Diaz. That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, January 12th, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're breaking down the trade that the Orioles made on Wednesday, sending cash considerations to the Boston Red Sox for left-handed pitcher Darwinson Hernandez in the deal. The Orioles DFAing Lewin Diaz once again to make room on the 40-man roster. And we'll also talk a little about the Orioles' promotional schedule and my favorite ones that came out earlier this week. But that's all coming up on the pod today. We thank you so much for listening, for subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, for liking, commenting, and subscribing to our Locked on Orioles YouTube page as well. Thank you so much here in the offseason. We're getting dangerously close, just a little more than a month from pitchers and catchers reporting to Sarasota. That's when we'll get close to ramping back up to five episodes a week. Right now, three pods per week. Again, with the Orioles making a move, going Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, but generally will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday throughout the offseason. I thank you so much for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. So let's jump right into it. The Orioles make another trade, which is certainly on the margins and is certainly a guy that, uh, well might be DFA'd in a couple of days for as much as we know. I mean, we did an episode last week. The Orioles acquire Ryan O'Hearn from the Royals for cash considerations. They DFA him two days later to claim Lewin Diaz again. And Lewin Diaz gets DFA'd today as the Orioles get Darwinson Hernandez. So that's where we are. Let's start with who is Darwinson Hernandez. As the O's get him in a trade, they DFA Lewin Diaz to make room. So Hernandez currently is on what is now a full Orioles 40-man roster. He is a 26-year-old left-handed pitcher who was a starter in the minor leagues and has been still recently a starter in the minor leagues, but pretty much exclusively a left-handed reliever when he's been in the big leagues with the Boston Red Sox. That's the only organization that Hernandez has known. He was signed as an international free agent out of Venezuela in 2013 by the Red Sox. Six years later, he gets to the big leagues, makes his MLB debut with Boston in 2019 and actually had a pretty good year, I would say, as a rookie in 2019. He was 22 years old. He didn't pitch a lot, but I mean, 29 games. He threw 30 and a third innings out of that Boston bullpen that year. And listen, it was a 4.45 ERA, but it was a 2.75 FIP. And the stuff was ridiculous. He struck out 16.9 batters per nine in that 2019 season. Unbelievable. The league average strikeout rate for relievers is 22%. Hernandez had a strikeout rate of 39% in 30 innings that first season. Again, it's a fairly small sample size, but not crazy small for a one-inning relief pitcher. And he was dominating guys. Now, the issue, and the issue that he had had all through his minor league career and that the Red Sox knew was there, was the walks. Now, 7% walk rate is about league average. 
he was at 18%. He was walking 7.7 batters per nine, but he was getting around it because the stuff was so good. Then he comes back in the shortened season in 2020 and again has good numbers. Now, he only pitched in seven games, eight and a third innings, but a 2.16 ERA, 14 Ks per nine, 8.6 walks per nine. So the Ks go down a little bit, the walks go up a little bit, but he's still effective. It was kind of the same thing in 2021. This was his biggest sample size in a Red Sox uniform. He was a fairly regular member, not all year, but for most of the season for a 2021 Red Sox team that went to the American League Championship Series. He pitched in 48 games for the Red Sox that year. In 40 innings, he had a 3.38 ERA. Now, a 4.80 FIP means he probably wasn't as good as that. And the issue is, although his walks went down to a career low seven walks per nine, 12.1 Ks per nine were also a career low for Hernandez in 2021, but he was still an effective reliever. And then it just... It kind of went away last year, which is why the Red Sox ended up DFAing Hernandez this offseason. He only got into seven games at the big league level with the Red Sox in 2022. And in six and two-thirds innings, I mean, he was still getting strikeouts with nine of them, but he walked eight batters. He allowed four home runs. Again, in six and two-thirds innings, he allowed 16 earned runs on 14 hits. That's a 21.60 ERA for Hernandez Again, in seven appearances, but still, that is not good in 2022. And it wasn't a lot better in AAA. He threw 33 innings at AAA for the Red Sox last year. It had a 5.73 ERA, 51 strikeouts. Yeah, that's crazy good in 33 innings, but he also walked 27 batters in those 33 innings. His command was, I would say, the same amount of concerning as it had always been, although maybe a little bit of a tick up with the walks, but he just got hit harder than he ever had in his career, both at AAA and the big league level in 2022. And I think that's why the Red Sox cut him loose this offseason. Now, the O's have time if they want to try and figure him out again. I mean, he doesn't even hit arbitration until next offseason. He's not a free agent until after the 2026 season. So if the O's can fix him, they have four years of control of Darwin's and Hernandez, but... The question is, can they? The stuff from the lefty, it plays. It's the reason why he's had these astronomical strikeout rates. It all starts with the four-seam fastball. He throws it about 61% of the time, 94-95 from the left side. And surprisingly, the fastball at times has been his swing and miss pitch. He's always thrown it you know, 60-plus percent of the time in the big leagues, had a 40% whiff rate on that pitch last year. And that is generally... His offering, then he goes with a slider, throws that about 26% of the time, 84 miles an hour. Slider's been up and down throughout his career. And he throws a curveball just 13% of the time. It's more of a loopy 78-mile-per-hour curveball. But he did not allow a hit on that curveball last year. And year after year, it's been a really solid third pitch for him. So generally, he's a three-pitch guy, but it all plays off of the fastball for Hernandez. The ability to throw that pitch up in the zone to lefties and righties and get those swings and misses with that and then play the slider off of it. Listen, I mean, the strikeout numbers are ridiculous. I, you know, you look at this guy's strikeout rates and you're thinking, why is he getting DFA'd by a Boston team that needs pitching? And I think that's a, a, a pretty fair question to ask because he had been great in the sense of strikeouts. I mean, you know, you look at his numbers 
And he's striking out, you know, 12, 14, 16 batters per nine at the big league level. But when you're walking seven to eight guys per nine, it at some point just doesn't become sustainable. And somehow for three seasons, or at least parts of three seasons, you know, he was never kind of an everyday bullpen guy for Boston. Parts of three seasons, he made it sustainable somehow. It it wasn't the case this year, and it wasn't even really the case in AAA either, even though the strikeouts were there. The walks were bad, and he got hit hard. And I think that's why Boston decided to move on. And it was really rough, as I mentioned, at the big league level. His last four appearances with the Red Sox in August before they sent him back down to AAA for good, four earned runs, four earned runs, five earned runs, two earned runs. Those were his final four appearances, and those were all one inning or less out of the bullpen. That's how bad it got at the end for Hernandez, at least in the big leagues, with Boston. So, I mean, you could say, hey, the Red Sox could still use this guy. And and I, you know, clearly can remember him pitching against the Orioles. Obviously, he's been in the AL East for four years. So he's faced the O's plenty at this point. But, and, and I know the stuff was good. And you always knew he was wild. It was kind of surprising that Boston got rid of him, but listen, he's still got really good stuff, and if you can rein in the command just a little bit, you've you've got something here, and especially when you look at what he does against lefties, it's it's really impressive, and that's what we're going to get to next, because now that the Orioles have him on the 40-man roster, yeah, maybe he could go the way of Lewin Diaz and Ryan O'Hearn and not be around for a while, but maybe he gets to spring training on the 40-man, maybe competes for a bullpen spot. We'll talk about what that spot could look like for Hernandez coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis here in January. Now, college football season, unfortunately, is over. I mean... That was a beatdown by Georgia over TCU on Monday night. But you still got the NFL wild card weekend coming up this weekend. Keep an eye on that Ravens-Bengals line if Lamar Jackson plays or not. Not looking like he will, unfortunately. But, hey, you got six NFL games. You can get the lines and odds at Bet Online. Plus, you got the NBA. You got the NHL. You got college basketball. It's all going on. All the lines, all the odds, all you need for sports betting at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Orioles acquired Darwin's in Hernandez, the 26 year old left handed pitcher, stands about six foot two. Pretty imposing guy on the mound as the O's. Get him from the Red Sox for cash considerations after Hernandez was DFA'd by Boston a few days ago. Orioles, to make that move, they had a full 40-man roster, so they DFA'd Lewin Diaz to make room for Hernandez. And listen, I talked about this last week. Of course, the Orioles had claimed Lewin Diaz for the second time this offseason and DFA'd Ryan O'Hearn. Listen, Lewin Diaz, they just wanted him back, and now once again... They're going to DFA him and try and slip him through waivers, get him into AAA so they can work with him without him taking up a 40-man roster spot. Again, great defense at first, good bat in AAA, horrendous bat in the majors. He's still young. Can you fix him? The Orioles will at least try if they can slip him through waivers. And as I talked about, later in the offseason, it becomes easier and easier 
to slip guys through waivers. That's what the O's are trying to do right now with Ryan O'Hearn. We haven't gotten word yet as of Wednesday night here. If Ryan O'Hearn has cleared waivers, he probably will. And another guy was Chris Valamont, who cleared waivers as well for the Orioles. When they acquired Ryan O'Hearn, they DFA'd Chris Valamont. I was a little worried Valamont would get claimed, but he did not. And he has been assigned to AAA Norfolk. So Valamont, luckily with his good stuff from the right side, he stays in the organization. He'll probably be in the Norfolk Tides rotation to start the season and could play for an Orioles bullpen spot at some point this year. But always good. And that's the thing with Darwins and Hernandez here. I mean, even though the O's make the trade for him, just like I talked about with Ryan O'Hearn, although it was technically a trade, it's basically a waiver claim. You shouldn't think of him as somebody the Orioles really sought out in a trade. It's a glorified waiver claim. When a guy gets DFA'd, you put the claim in on him, make sure you get him, you send over some money, and you get him back. It's it's basically a glorified waiver claim. So don't be surprised if a week from now the Orioles find a player they like a little more and they DFA Hernandez and try and slip him through waivers and keep him in the organization in AAA. It certainly could happen. And even if that happens, he'll get an invite to spring training and a chance to compete for a roster spot. But if he does stay on the 40-man, which is possible, he's definitely getting a chance to compete for a roster spot. And, you know, he does still have one minor league option left, which means, you know, if he is on the O's 40-man to start the year, they can put him in AAA Norfolk without having to put him on waivers. So that's a, a point in Hernandez's favor at this point. But what he gives the Orioles is another left-handed option out of the bullpen. The O's bullpen at this point is fairly right-handed when you look at the guys who are projected for the pen. And they did just lose potentially a lefty, at least for opening day, as I talked about earlier in the week. Nick Vespi undergoing hernia surgery. The Orioles not really giving a clear timeline. They said he should be ready early in the season, but the way they worded it makes you think Vespi may not be ready for opening day. Now, he was probably a roster bubble guy for the Orioles' bullpen, but he was one of the few lefties that you were considering in the O's bullpen. You feel like CNL Perez, if he's still here, is probably a lock. And then behind that, it was... You know, Vespi and Keegan Aiken, kind of the lefties playing for a bullpen spot. Vespi is now injured, and Aiken, with how it kind of fell apart for him in the second half, you just don't know, you know, what role the Orioles see him in in 2023. So it's nice to get a lefty in Hernandez, who does have big league experience in the AL East, pitching a good amount of innings, you know, for the Boston Red Sox. He pitched in the playoffs with Boston in 2021 as well, made a couple appearances in that playoff run. So he's been around. And he's got this crazy good stuff, this big fastball from the left side, these breaking balls, these insane strikeout numbers. It'd be hard to not claim him. I mean, wouldn't be surprised if multiple teams put in the claim on Hernandez. The O's just went and got him with the cash considerations. But if he does compete for a spot, again, it's maybe a little insurance for Nick Vespi. It's maybe a little insurance for Keegan Aiken. Heck, Cieno Perez is a guy who I've talked about multiple times is maybe due for some regression in 2023. You know, I think he had one of the, I, I know he had a top five biggest difference between his actual ERA and his stat cast expected ERA. His expected ERA because of his batted ball stats was much higher than his actual sub two ERA this year. That tells you a guy may regress towards the mean a little bit next season. So the Orioles have kind of a backup hard throwing lefty in Hernandez in the wings. If CNL Perez does struggle early in 2023, that's also something that Hernandez can bring to this team. And, and and really the big thing about it is you just try to get the walks down a little bit because that stuff is going to play. He has shown in his career that that stuff is going to play at the big league level. There is really no question about that 
for Hernandez at this point. You know, it's not just a guy who's, you know, striking everybody out in AAA and then can't do it in the bigs. No, I mean, he's thrown 85 and a third career big league innings, and he struck out 14 batters per nine in 85 innings. I mean, that's more than one good reliever season full of innings, and that's a crazy strikeout number. You know he can do it, but it's a career 7.7 walks per nine. That is very, very concerning. You got to find a way to bring that down. And if you can, hey, maybe it comes with the Ks coming down. But if you can get him down to four walks per nine and you're only getting 11 or 12 strikeouts per nine, that's still a good major league reliever, especially from a lefty. It it works out. And the other thing about Hernandez is he's a true lefty who's going to get left-handed hitters out. Lefties against Hernandez in his career have hit just 178. He has a 3.31 FIP when facing left-handed batters and a 42.4% strikeout rate against left-handed hitters in his career. Again, 22% is the league average strikeout rate for relievers. Hernandez, 42% in his career strikeout rate against lefties, almost double the league average. That is an insane number against left-handed hitters. Lefties just do not hit this guy. He more often hits them because he's just so wild and kind of doesn't know where the ball's going. But if the O's can just rein it in a little bit, I'm not saying he's going to be Zach Britton. I'm not even saying he's going to be CNL Perez, but he can help you if they rein it in. And again, don't be surprised if you wake up in three or four days and Hernandez has been DFA'd as well because he's still a a fringe of the 40-man roster guy. The Orioles are going to try to probably sneak him through waivers at some point and keep him in the org without him using up a 40-man spot. But it's another solid claim who I think can definitely help the Orioles, and you never know. I, I I think of the guys they've made these kind of interesting claims, tried to sneak them through. I think Hernandez, above all of them, has a real chance to make an impact for the Orioles this year. That's just how good the stuff can be if he can just throw it at least near the strike zone from the big left-handed pitcher. We got one more topic to hit on here today before we go and finish up the pod here for the week. The Orioles releasing their promotional schedule earlier this week with uh, the giveaways at Oriole Park. I took a look at all of them. I uh, I thought back on some of the best in the past. I looked at the ones that are coming up in 2023, and I made my power ranking top five Orioles giveaways of 2023 on the promotional schedule. That's coming up next. So the Orioles released their 2023 promotional schedule the other day, letting us know what the events are and what the giveaways are at Oriole Park at Camden Yards during the 2023 season. And it seems like these giveaways year after year get better and better. And and every year, you know, since Camden Yards opened for 30 plus years, there's been some great giveaways at the ballpark, some that I have behind me, some that I have around the apartment, just a lot of, of good stuff. But they've got some good ones this year. But I decided to rank... My top five, Power Rankings, top five Orioles 2023 Oriole Park promotional giveaways. There were more than five really good ones, so it was kind of tough to rank some of these. But here we go. Starting at number five is the Adley Rutschman bobblehead. They're giving it away on June 10th. It's actually the earliest of these five giveaways that I ranked here. And now, we didn't have a picture of the bobblehead, I don't believe, but... There was talk about it maybe being some sort of Marvel or superhero collaboration with Adley Rutschman being the hero. I'm definitely down for that. I was a little skeptical because we didn't have a picture of it, so that's why I put it at number five. But it's an Adley Rutschman bobblehead, 
and I'm hoping he wins a couple MVPs here and he's helping to turn around this franchise. And we all love Adley Rutschman. A good Adley bobblehead cannot be missed. So it does get onto the top five. Number four might be a little controversial because we also don't really know what this is going to be. But at number four, I'm going to put down the Orioles soccer jersey, which they are giving away on July 15th. Now, the O's gave out an Orioles soccer jersey in September last year, kind of as a you know lead up to the World Cup giveaway, and it was it was a really good giveaway. It was a, a solid soccer jersey. It was a big crowd that day. I was in the ballpark to get the Orioles soccer jersey, and uh, it was a good giveaway. Now, my question here is: Are they giving away the same soccer jersey, or is it going to be a new one? Because obviously the O's give away like the Hawaiian shirt and the bucket hat and bobbleheads and things like that every single year. But when they do something like the soccer jersey, especially in a World Cup year, it figures like it's going to be a one-year thing. But they bring it back in 2023, so it has me asking, are they giving away the same one or is it different? Because if it's different, I think this is a solid number four. That may have been, maybe, my favorite giveaway of 2022, which means I'm only putting it at number four because I haven't seen it yet. Now, if it's basically the same jersey, kind of just recycling things and I'm taking it off the top five, but I'm going to give them credit and say, I think it's going to be a new and different Jersey and maybe even better. And I'll put it at number four on my list. Number three, I had to go with a classic. It's the Orioles Hawaiian shirt. They're giving it out on July 1st this year. It's always a classic, but I will say the Hawaiian shirt sometimes just, it's not great. A couple years ago, it might have been the 2019 shirt, maybe the 2021 shirt. There was too much green, a lot of leaves. It was like green and black only with a little bit of orange. And I get it. You know, you want it to look more Hawaiian shirt. No, no, no. You got to lay fully into the Orioles thing. And they did put up a picture of the 2023 Hawaiian shirt. And it's orange with the bird logo. Like, that's what it needs to be. Lay fully into the Orioles thing. Don't go too tropical with too many different colors. Give me the orange. Give me the black. Give me the bird. That's what I want on the Hawaiian shirt, and that's what they delivered this year. So that's going at number three on my list. Number two, I am putting a lot of faith into this one because it's another one that we did not get a picture of yet on the promotional schedule. But number two, I'm going with the Orioles lightweight hoodie. They are giving this out at the final home game of the season, September 30th. You can get the lightweight hoodie. That's on uh, Fan Appreciation Weekend. Now, we don't have a picture of it, so I have no idea what it is and if it's like a weird bright orange with different colors. And it, it could be bad. It could look bad. And I could look back on these rankings and think, how did I put that number two? But I have trust in the Orioles because when you think about just the giveaway itself, not quite yet what it looks like, but a lightweight hoodie is so much better than a t-shirt. I mean, rarely does the team give away a hoodie, and you don't know what kind of quality it's going to be, and a lightweight hoodie gives them more room probably for it not to be like a nice snuggly hoodie that you can wear in the winter, but a t-shirt's a t-shirt, you know, you get free t-shirts a lot of the time, and even the Orioles jerseys that they've given out in the past, they're not very high quality, you know, over the years, the hats are, are sometimes solid, but a lightweight hoodie, you know, that's a little different, that, that, that that's another level of clothing to give away, so if they do the design right, a lightweight hoodie is number two on my list. That is a good one. And number one for the nostalgia, although I wasn't alive when this happened, number one is the Eddie Murray 1983 World Series bobblehead. The Orioles are giving that away on August 5th when they will celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Orioles' last World Series team, the 1983 champions. Hard to believe it's uh, it's been 40 years since the O's won their last title. Hopefully they break that drought pretty soon. But the fact that it's Eddie Murray is awesome. The fact that they're celebrating the World Series team, I'm sure there'll be 
plenty of members of that 83 team back in the ballpark on August 5th for a pregame celebration. Big crowd, bobblehead will be awesome. And the bobblehead's cool, and they do have a picture of it, and it looks great. But kind of the whole atmosphere of those kind of celebrations, you know, I've been to, to similar ones. I went to the, what was it, 30 years, I believe, of the Why Not team back in 2019. That was a great celebration. I went to uh, the Orioles Hall of Fame induction last year. That was great as well. Like those events are really good. And when they bring back old members of the team and, and do pregame ceremonies, those are always the best. So that's that's kind of a little bit of cheating here to put it number one, but that does come in at number one. Now, I know many of you may be mad because I did not rank the Orioles bucket hat. I know it's a very popular game. I know the bucket hat night was awesome last year because it was the incredible comeback against the Angels in the ninth inning. Trey Mancini hitting the walk-off. O score three runs. They keep the winning streak alive. Amazing vibes from the bucket hat last year. But I've never loved the look of the Orioles bucket hat. Not just year to year, just the bucket hat in general. Not a fan. So I love that it brings a lot of people to the ballpark. A little bucket hat magic last year, but that's why it's not on my list. There's a couple other good giveaways, a couple other bobbleheads. They got a Ryan Mountcastle one, some cool t-shirts, some hats. They got a crossbody as well, but just a lot of good giveaways. Couldn't put them on the list. But I'm sure if you're listening or watching, you've seen the promotional schedule for 2023. If you haven't, go take a look at it on the Orioles website, on Twitter as well. And then come here to the YouTube comments on this video and rank your top five Orioles promotional giveaways for 2023. Let me know why I'm right or why I'm wrong. And uh, maybe coming up next week, we'll talk about kind of the consensus from uh, the listeners here and the O's fans about which giveaways are going to be best in 2023. But hopefully... The giveaway is not the most exciting thing at Camden Yards this year. Hopefully, it's just like it was last year, the baseball being played on the field. But that'll do it for this week on the pod. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday with a Mailbag Monday episode of the podcast, unless, of course, the Orioles make a roster move or you know make a trade or whatever it may be between now and then. If you do want to submit a mailbag question for Monday's Mailbag Monday episode. You can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at LockedOnOrioles or DM the LockedOnOrioles Twitter account. DMs are open as well. We're also on Instagram now at LockedOnOrioles. You can send an Instagram DM there to get a mailbag question in. You can also leave a mailbag question in the comments right here on the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel on any of our videos. And of course, if you leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, you can leave a mailbag question in the review section and we'll get to it on a mailbag Monday as well when I return on Monday. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.